You're listening to the Good News Project podcast with Matt Jackson. You can send Matt feedback, topic suggestions, and prayer requests at goodnewsprojectfeedback at gmail.com. Here's your host, Matt Jackson. Welcome to the Good News Project Podcast. My name is Matt Jackson. Appreciate you listening this week. Reminder, if there's ever anything that we can be praying about for you or topics you would have an interest in me discussing, you can always hit me up on Twitter at MJ, the number four sports, at MJ4Sports, or email goodnewsprojectmail.com. Feedback at gmail.com. I'm willing to bet that if you are listening to this podcast right now, there has come a point in your life where you had a brush with greatness. And what I mean by a brush with greatness is you had a once in a lifetime encounter with someone you greatly admire, possibly going so far as to idolize them. Perhaps you were in awe of this person. I had a 10-year stretch where it felt like I was getting goosebumps once a month. I I remember distinctly the first year at then Enron Field, I was helping produce a live broadcast of Section 610, the afternoon drive time show with my boyhood idols, Rich Lord and Charlie Palillo. They would broadcast from the Astros general manager's personal suite at the ballpark. I would help them run a wireless mic onto the field. Then they would grab ball players and interview them on the show. It was a pretty amazing setup, and it predated Bluetooth, so for us to be able to pull these broadcasts off was amazing. We were like on-air MacGyvers. Well, during that initial season at Enron, Major League Baseball had a traveling charity exhibit. It was a Volkswagen Beetle that had been signed by the 50 greatest living baseball players. They were shipping this car from ballpark to ballpark and having the living legends show up and promote the charity auction. Amazingly, for the Houston Tour Stop, we were privileged to have arguably the greatest ball player who ever lived, the legendary Hank Aaron in town, to promote the auction. Astros radio broadcaster Milo Hamilton is the man who called Hank Aaron's famous record-breaking home run when Hank topped Babe Ruth on April 8, 1974. I believe this was also the 25th anniversary of Hank's feat, so they had him and Milo together to talk about it. Well, I got to go approach Hank and ask him to come on our radio broadcast, and I will admit that my knees were shaking a little bit. Okay, my knees were shaking a lot. I mean, this is Hank freaking Aaron. Other than Muhammad Ali, I'm not sure there's another athlete that would simply overwhelm me with his palpable aura. But Hank had a presence about him. This, this was immortality walking in front of me. I was talking to the hammer. Uh, uh, Mr. Aaron, I stuttered. Hank turned around and looked at me straight in the eye. Please call me Hank. I introduced myself 
and I asked Hank if he would spend a few minutes with us on our radio show. He was ever so gracious, and I had the widest smile on my face for the next hour. Hank stayed with us for almost 30 minutes. It was indescribably awesome. I don't know if the world has changed enough that these moments still happen on a regular basis. It just seems that social media has overexposed most people, and the intimate nature of a one-on-one conversation seems to be a lost art. By far the closest relationship I ever had with someone that I truly idolized that felt larger than life itself was with a man named Burt Sugar. Now, off the top of your head, the name Burt Sugar may not ring a bell with you. Burt was a sports writer and a historian who wrote over 80 books in the 75 years we were blessed to have him on Earth. In 2005, Burt was inducted into the World Boxing Hall of Fame. And in 2010, he was awarded the Ellis Island Medal of Honor, an accolade provided to individuals who have made it their mission to share with those less fortunate their wealth of knowledge, their indomitable courage, boundless compassion, unique talents, and selfless generosity. They do so while acknowledging their debt to their ethnic heritage as they uphold the ideals and spirit of America. When you look at the names on the list of the past recipients of this honor, it reads like a who's who of American history and culture. Presidents, astronauts, CEOs, actors, athletes. That's just to say that you will have to believe me that Bert was a wonderful man. You can Google him if you've still not heard of him, but you've probably seen him before. He's best known for his trademark cigar and fedora hat. And yes, he had a permanent fragrance of cigar smoke, coffee, and possibly scotch wafting from him. I probably talked with Bert once or twice a month the last 11 uh, or 12 years of his life. I met him in 2001 while covering the Oscar De La Hoya Javier Castillejo welterweight championship fight in Las Vegas. I had one of the sweetest scams in broadcasting going for about a seven year period. HBO used to pay me to fly out to Las Vegas, New York City, and Los Angeles to promote their pay-per-view boxing fights. Houston was always a huge pay-per-view market for boxing because of its extremely high Hispanic population. So HBO is thinking that these buy rates are somehow related to my presence, so they put me on the payroll. Anyway, they would make all sorts of dignitaries associated with the fights, including the fighters themselves, available for interviews. I was able to interview and meet the likes of De La Hoya, Roberto Duran, Julio Cesar Chavez, Manny Pacquiao, Mike Tyson, Lennox Lewis, and even Sylvester Stallone. But of all the people that I interviewed and formed relationships with, the one that had the most meaning was Bert. Bert was the first man I met in 2001 at the De La Hoya fight. I was 24 years old at the time, and Bert was in his early 60s. After our interview, he invited me to meet him at one of the casino bars at the MGM Grand. Bert and I talked for probably three hours that night. We talked about how I got started in broadcasting and what I wanted to do with my life. Did I have a girlfriend, a wife? And then he would just start telling these stories that were just so rich in detail that you felt like you were in the room where they happened. 
I mean, he was at the Rumble in the Jungle. He consulted on the movie Rocky. He knew everybody. And I felt in his voice that he deeply cared for our country on a level that seems to be non-existent in 2021. He gave me his house phone number and his office phone number, his pager number, and his cell phone number, and said if I ever needed anything or just wanted to talk to give him a buzz. I saw him probably four times a year at fights, but we spoke often. It was kind of like he was my surrogate grandfather. He always sent me an autographed copy of his new books with a personal message on the inside cover. And what I will never forget is he told the same bad joke every single time he came on my radio show. I don't know if he had a memory issue or it was just his shtick, but any time that I would ask him a question that he thought had an obvious answer, he would respond, does Dolly Parton lie on her back? I'm sure there is someone like Bert in your life, someone you have looked up to either personally or professionally that you hope to emulate, someone who you feel sets the right example and though I never specifically spoke with Bert about spiritual things, there was no question that he showed a Christ-like concern for all people. In the book of Thessalonians, Paul says, Because we loved you so much, we were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our lives as well. God designed us to interact with other people. We aren't meant to carry our burdens alone. When someone asks, how are you doing? I think we are all predisposed to give the most generic response in the world. When in fact, God wants us to reveal our truths to others so that they too can be praying for our concerns and our celebrations. Solomon talks about this repeatedly in Proverbs. He who walks with wise men will be wise. A man of understanding will acquire wise counsel. Iron shop sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. The good news this week is that God has put someone in your life that he is counting on to be your ride or die. It is a blessing so that as if either of you follows down, one can help the other up, that we may act as Christ has commanded in the book of John. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Don't go another day without seeking counsel and sharing your life with others. It is God's plan for us, as Solomon said, truly a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. I wanted to close the podcast this week with a few words about my first pastor, a man named Jerry Hurst. Jerry was my pastor at Southminster Presbyterian Church in Missouri City, Texas, from sixth grade until the age of 30. I am not the man I am trying to be today without Jerry. He was persistent in discussing salvation with me throughout my formative years. He devoted time to me when I left for college and was not as involved with church. He made it a point to come into town and have chicken wing dinners with me because he cared about me and my faith so much. We went on mission trips together and he showed me the value of service, of humility, and of unconditional love. When my parents split up, I had given up on a lot of things in my life and was certainly losing or questioning my own faith. Jerry was a metronome, speaking truth to me, 
and urging me to turn to God with my hurt, with my anger and my instability. He oversaw a flock that truly knew and cared for each other, that loved the Sunday potluck, and that saw through our differences just as Jesus did. Jerry passed this past Saturday, and I would give anything in the world to hear him once more say in his own special way, Good morning. I'm glad you're here. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you for everything. God put you in my path for a reason, and I can't wait until I see you again.